Amen. Well, if you please take your Bibles and turn to the, at this time to the book of 2 Samuel. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. And uh, I, I don't normally, uh, not too many of my sermons come with a warning label. Uh, but as I gave you a heads up last week, but if you weren't here last week, uh, today's message deals with some sensitive subject matter. And uh, so parents, if you have children with you today, uh, it may or may not be appropriate for them. And I would encourage you to look over the outline in your worship guide and make that determination. We do have a children's program uh, in the other building. We'd be glad to uh, get you over there if that would be more appropriate for your children this morning. Uh, Women, if you've ever been in uh, difficult or abusive situations, we're going to be talking about some of that. If that's a difficult thing for you, once again, just be aware uh, of what we'll be talking about in the message uh, in, in uh, in the time remaining. Well, our message series is called Famous Mothers in the Bible. Uh, Each year around Mother's Day, uh, we work our way through the Bible, uh, uh, focusing on different mothers uh, in the Bible and what we can learn from them. In fact, if you look in your worship guide on the backside of the outline there, uh, you'll find a listing of all of the different mothers we've looked at in the Bible so far. And uh, there's a number of them there, and there's a link at the bottom of the page if you want to go back and catch up in any that you've missed or review any. Uh, But uh, those are the mothers that we've looked at so far. And today we come to Bathsheba, the wronged mother. And I feel bad for Bathsheba. Uh, It seems that she's always getting a bad rap. Uh, She's often accused of seducing David. uh, But the Bible never says that she did anything wrong uh, in this incident. On the contrary, all of the blame uh, is laid at David's feet. I was really glad to see that she was not in a book called Bad Girls of the Bible. I I went looking just to see, did they put her in there? I was really glad they didn't. I was so glad until I looked at the sequel to that book called Really Bad Girls of the Bible, and she was in there, and I said, no! So I looked at the chapter, but you know what? To the author's credit, she did not put the blame on Bathsheba. Um, She treated her with respect and recognized that David is the one who did wrong in this situation not the other way around. So we're going to look at Bathsheba, the wronged mother this morning. We're in 2 Samuel 11 to get started. And let me just read verses 2 and 3 as we begin. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we look into Bathsheba's story today, her story is uh, sadly the story of many women, in some ways the story of all women. And uh, so, Lord, as uh, we learn from Bathsheba today and from the scriptures, I pray that you would teach us And uh, Lord, that you would comfort us and heal us where we need your help and assistance, and that you would grant us sensitivity and understanding uh, to people who have been hurt and wronged in this world. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. So many women have been wronged in this world and in so many ways. It's often been said it's a man's world, but that is not the way God created it. The book of Genesis tells us in the beginning, God created them 
male and female, in his image, and God commissioned them together to rule over the earth. Both men and women suffer the consequences of sin in this world, but women seem to bear the brunt of the damage. Child brides, abuse in the home, sex trafficking, refugees. The statistics show that in every category, it is most often the women who suffer. And so we're looking at Bathsheba today. Bathsheba is an example of a wronged mother. God calls us to honor and protect the women in our lives. And as we look at her story today, we want to see the various ways uh, that women are wronged in this world, but also what can we do, what we can do to help minimize the damage. So once again, there is an outline in your worship guide if you'd like to take that out now at this time uh, to follow along or jot down some notes along the way. And the first way we're going to look at this morning, one way that women are wronged in this world is when they are mistreated sexually. Mistreated sexually. And of course, this is where it all started with David and with Bathsheba, right? Let's go back to 2 Samuel 11 now. We'll pick up at verse 2, but we'll read all the way through verse 5. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. She had purified herself from her uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. Bathsheba was wronged by David when he mistreated her sexually. And we find a number of elements relating to sexual mistreatment in this passage. First of all, Bathsheba was subjected to the male gaze. She was subjected to the male gaze. There's nothing in the passage uh, to suggest, first of all, that David... Uh, was looking for wrong. He wasn't looking for an opportunity to lust. Nor is there any suggestion that Bathsheba was doing anything wrong. David, he's just up on the roof. And he happens to look down and he sees Bathsheba bathing. The problem here is this, is that when the opportunity presented itself, David chose to give in to visual lust rather than honorably turning away. And this is probably the most common way women are wronged in the world every day. Every day, and it doesn't just happen at the beach. Sometimes a woman can't even walk down the street or or go grocery shopping without being subjected to the male gaze. It's so common that many women just brush it off. They just figure, that's just the way it is. That's the way the world is. Well, you know what? It may be the way it is, but that does not make it right. And men, okay, men, we need to do better here. 
We need to do better. We need to follow the example of Job in the Old Testament who said this, Job 31, chapter 31, verse 1. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Men, have you ever made that covenant? Job did. We need to remember the words of Jesus when he said in Matthew chapter 5, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. No man has a visual right to a woman's body just because she happens to be in your field of vision. That's the first way Bathsheba was sexually mistreated. She was subjected to the male gaze. Another way she was mistreated sexually is she was involved in sexual immorality. David not only lusted after her with his eyes, he sent for her. He took advantage of her, and then he sent her home. Every time you involve someone in sexual immorality, you are doing them wrong. Every single time. There are no exceptions to that. We read earlier from 1 Thessalonians 4. Let me just read a portion of that again at this time. Paul writes, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, and that in this matter no one should wrong. No one should wrong his brother or his sister or take advantage of him. God says every time, every time you involve someone in sexual immorality, you have wronged them and you are taking advantage of them. Now, this goes both ways, doesn't it, right? Men can wrong women in this matter. Women can wrong men. Men and women can wrong each other. But, you know, some people want to put all the responsibility on the woman. You've probably heard it said, men can't help themselves. And so it's up to the woman to set the boundaries. And I'm sorry, but that is an unreasonable responsibility to put on the woman. And frankly, it is a ridiculous excuse for the men. Men, as men, we are, we're supposed to be the leaders in the relationship. It's your job to be a godly man, to lead the relationship in a godly manner, to honor and protect the woman under your care. Paul writes to Timothy in the New Testament book, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 2. He says, Timothy, treat older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. God tells you to treat the women around you as family relations with absolute purity. That's the second way we mistreat women sexually anytime, every time we involve them in sexual immorality. And then the third way we see in our text Women are mistreated sexually when they are forced into unwanted situations. Forced into unwanted situations. Bathsheba did not have a whole lot of choice in this matter, did she? David was the king. 
She's just a citizen. And the power differential was such that consensual sex was not an option. It's not an option. This is why sexual relationships between adults and younger persons, counselors and counselees, teachers and students, bosses and employees, pastors and parishioners, or any situation where there's a power differential between the man and the woman, that is not only sexual and moral, it is considered abuse. And the person with less power in the relationship is considered the victim. It is not an affair, it is abuse. Now we're going to look at the misuse of power as a whole other category. You'll see that's coming up next in your outline. But this was certainly a misuse of power on David's part relating to Bathsheba. And then, of course, the most horrific example of men wronging women sexually would be the situation of sexual assault or rape. And I'm so sorry if any of you here today have ever experienced such a violation in your life. I think of Dinah in the Old Testament. We read her story in Genesis 34. Now Dinah, the daughter Leah had born to Jacob, went out to visit the women of the land. When Shechem, son of Hamor, the the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and he violated her. Folks, it's not right. What a sad world we live in when it's not always safe for a woman simply to take a walk down the street or in the park. Of course, even sadder is the fact that the vast majority of sexual assault takes place not between strangers, but between people who know each other. According to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, in eight out of ten cases of rape, the victim knows the person who sexually assaults them. And here's where I think of Tamar in the Bible. Tamar was tricked and forced into a sexual situation by her half-brother, Amnon. And at first, the Bible tells us Amnon was just obsessed with her. But then after he had his way, he hated her with an intense hatred. In fact, the Bible says now he hated her more than he had loved her before. And he called for his servant and had her forcibly removed from his room. In the next verses we read in 2 Samuel 13, these are some of the saddest in the whole Bible. We read about Tamar. She was wearing a richly ornamented robe. For this was the kind of garment the virgin daughters of the king wore. Tamar put ashes on her head. She tore the ornamented robe she was wearing. She put her hand on her head and went away, weeping aloud as she went. Tamar in the Bible stands in for all women who have been mistreated sexually by being forced into unwanted situations. 
And so Bathsheba is a wronged mother, first of all, because she was mistreated sexually. She, w- she was subjected to the male gaze as David lusted after her rather than honorably turning away. She was taken advantage of through sexual immorality. She was forced into an unwanted situation. Women throughout history have been wronged in all these same ways. Jesus treated all women with dignity and respect. And as men, we are called to honor the women in our lives, treating older women as mothers and younger women as sisters in all purity. So that's the first way. Women are wronged in this world. They are mistreated sexually. A second way women are wronged in this world is when they suffer the misuse of power. The misuse of power. Because men generally have greater physical strength than women and historically have enjoyed greater power Many women throughout history have suffered the misuse of power by men. Whether through physical or emotional abuse in the home or being taken advantage of in the workplace. And this happened with Bathsheba. David not only misused his power to sleep with Bathsheba, once he learned she was pregnant, what did he do? He misused his power to try and cover things up. He sent for Uriah, her husband who was out in the battlefield. He sent for him. He brought him home. He tried to get the two of them to sleep together that night. However, Uriah was an honorable man. Unlike David at this time, he was an honorable man. He refused to enjoy the comforts of home while his fellow soldiers were still camped in the open fields. So what did David do? He misused his power even more. He had Uriah killed in order to cover his own sin. We read in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 14 through 17, David wrote a letter to Joab, that was the commander of the army, a letter to Joab. He sent it with Uriah. He's making Uriah carry his own death warrant. In it he wrote, put Uriah in the front line where the fighting is fiercest, then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. And so while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. More casualties of David's misuse of power. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. The Bible tells us that we should use whatever power God has given us to help and serve others, not to serve self. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 to 45. He told his disciples, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And when it comes to the home, when it comes to the home, the Bible tells us, husbands, you need to love your wives as Christ loved the church. 
Ephesians 5, beginning at verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Or again, we read in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Men, you are to use whatever extra physical strength God may have given you. You are to use that in order to shelter and protect your wives, not to miss use your power for selfish reasons. David misused his power with Bathsheba, not only in sleeping with her, but in having her husband killed. That's the second way women are wronged in this world when they suffer the misuse of power by others. There's a third way we find in our text. A third way women are wronged in this world is when they suffer the consequences of somebody else's sin. You know, after David sinned with Bathsheba, after he had her husband killed, God sent his prophet, Nathan, to confront David with his sin. To, to David's credit, David did take responsibility for his actions. We read in 2 Samuel chapter 12 now, verses 13 and 14. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt, the son born to you will die. The sin was David's. And yet like so many women, Bathsheba suffered the consequences of another's sin. First she suffered the loss of her husband, now she suffers the loss of her child. So many women throughout history have suffered the consequences of other people's sins. And especially the sins of husbands, children, and fathers all weigh heavily on mothers' hearts. In the book of Genesis, we read God's words to Eve right after she and Adam sinned against God in the garden. To the woman, he said, Genesis 3.16, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Now, Eve was suffering for her own sin, right? But what about the rest of women throughout history? I'm sure all of you would be more than glad to get rid of this pain in childbirth thing, right? Right, that's the result of someone else's sin. And then another part of this curse has to do with the relationship between husband and wife, where men, once again, historically have ruled over their wives in unhealthy ways, which God wants us to overcome in Christ. How many wives have suffered because of the ungodly decisions of their husbands? That's just husbands, and then mothers also suffer the consequences 
of their children's sins. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1 says, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. And when a child strays, they not only bring grief to themselves, but to their parents. How many mothers have suffered greatly because of the foolish or sinful decisions of their children? And then, of course, so many women have suffered the consequences of their father's sins. We read in Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training or nurture and instruction of the Lord. A father shapes his daughter in so many ways. And when a father is absent, distant, or abusive, the daughter carries those emotional wounds with her for the rest of her life. There's a songwriter I like named John Mayer. He has a song called Daughters that I especially like. He makes this passionate plea in the chorus. He writes, Fathers, be good to your daughters. Your daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who turn into mothers. So mothers, be good to your daughters too. I like that. This is a third way women are wronged in this world. They suffer the consequences of another person's sin. The sins of husbands, children, and fathers all weigh heavily on a mother's heart. The Bible tells us that when we have wronged others, we should do what we can to make things right. And we read this now in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. This is right after the child has died. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba. And he went to her and lay with her. She gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. David comforted Bathsheba after the loss of their child. Now, of course, David was the one who had caused her the grief in the first place, right? But you see, when you've done something wrong, you should do what you can to make things right. This includes taking responsibility for your actions, confessing your sin, apologizing for what you have done, and then comforting the person when you can. So men, once again, if we are going to be men of God, we need to apologize to the women in our lives whom we have hurt or wronged in any way. And so this is Bathsheba's story. She was mistreated sexually. She suffered the misuse of power. She suffered the consequences for another's sin. So many women have been wronged in all these same ways. And if this is you this morning, if you have been wronged in any of these ways, please know how much God loves you and wants to comfort you in your troubles, how he wants to heal you from the hurts that you have experienced. In the meantime, we can all do our part to minimize the damage. And so in closing now, I just want to share with you briefly four applications 
four ways that we can minimize the damage to women and mothers in this world. Four really basic, simple principles from God's word that if we just followed them, right? If we only followed them, so much hurt and pain could be avoided. So here they are. They're all in your outline once again. First of all, children. This one's for children. Honor your mother and father. So basic, isn't it? It's part of the Ten Commandments. But so much of a mother's pain comes from the sins of her children. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. Secondly, parents. Parents, raise your children in the love of the Lord. So much damage to our children takes place when they are young. An absent father or a critical mother can shape a child for a lifetime. So fathers, be good to your daughters. Your daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers and turn into mothers, so mothers be good to your daughters too. Thirdly, husbands, treat your wives with love and respect. Usually the man has the physical advantage. Men, use your power to serve your wives rather than yourself. And then finally, everyone, it's a verse we looked at earlier, treat older women as mothers and younger women as sisters in all purity. Women are not sexual objects for men to enjoy. They are persons of dignity created in God's image for whom Jesus died on the cross. And especially in the church, we are family. They are your mothers and your sisters. So treat them accordingly. God calls us to honor and protect the women in our lives. And so I pray that you will have compassion for the many women who have been wronged in so many ways in this world. I pray that you will repent of any ways that you have wronged the women in your life. I pray that you will commit to making things right from the past and that you will commit with God's help to honor and protect the women in your life from this time forward. Amen? Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, our hearts go out to the Bathshebas and the Dinas and the Tamars. So many women, Lord, who have been wronged in so many ways. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven for the wrongs that we've done to other people. Lord, help us to do our part in making things right whenever and wherever and however we can. And Lord, I pray for the women and mothers who are here today who've been wronged in some of these ways that we've looked at this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would just draw close to them even now that they would know and sense your, your love in their hearts, that they would sense the comfort and peace of your Holy Spirit, that they would know that they are known 
and seen and loved by you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.